0: Hey, we're in Isaiah today, if you have your Bibles, turn to Isaiah, and uh, Isaiah, chapter number 9, Jehovah is salvation, Uh, that's not the message title, that's what Isaiah's name means, and it's a message to uh, the people of Israel. Uh, In fact, he had children who had names that brought messages to the children of Israel. Isaiah chapter number 9, we're going to be in verses number 1 through 7 and just talking about the peace of Christmas today. The peace of Christmas today. And uh, let's pray again, if we can, before we get into the text. Father, I'm thankful for this morning, God. I'm thankful that you are my peace. Lord, this morning, I just wanted to pray, especially for those that have no peace. God, today, that they would meet you. You are our peace. Father, I pray for those, God, this week, we very much aware of many lives that were devastated, storms. Lord, I pray for those that are in the midst of storms today. That they would experience your peace. Thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you that you never leave us, you never forsake us. And today, God, please uh, pray for clarity. And uh, just that you'd speak into our lives. God, give us ears to hear, eyes to see. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Isaiah chapter number 9, verses number 1 through 7, just talking about the peace of Christmas. You know, on the first night of the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ, there were shepherds out in their fields, and uh, a whole host of angels came to them. And uh, the angels said in Luke chapter number 2 and in verse number 14, Luke chapter 2, verse 14, "'Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased.'" And I think about Christmas time, and Christmas time is that time of year that we talk about peace and peace is celebrated, and yet the lack of peace seems to be accentuated in this time of year. When you look around at the world, uh, I've had an opportunity lately to be out and about, and it's crazy, just the hustle and bustle of the we call it the holiday season. And, uh, and, and, and when, I'm, when, I, when I go out, uh, usually I go out and just kind of hang out. I, I don't know if I'm getting old or what, but I, I look for the chairs to sit down on. And, uh, and when I sit down in those chairs, I just like to watch people. I'd rather see people than close on a rack. And so I, I, so I sit there and watch people. And, and I do. I have a lot of thoughts when I'm watching people. And, uh, and, and, and one of the thoughts that I had when I was looking at this text this week was I wonder how many of these people are experiencing peace in their life. I mean it's one of those things that you just you just have have to ask the question. Peace is not found by the way in the absence of conflict. That's not where peace is found. Peace is found in the person of Jesus Christ. And I just wonder how many people are really experiencing peace and uh, and when, and when you look around again at the world uh, Moody Bible Institute did some research interesting research in the last 3530 years they said that there've been over 8000 peace treaties that have been made and broken over that time period in other words man where is the peace peace is not manufactured by mankind we never have been able to never will be able to manufacture our own peace when you look at the world it is it is characterized in fact with Major conflicts. There's major conflicts internationally on the international level when you look around. It's not like everybody's just in love with one another and we're experiencing peace on earth because we're not. We don't experience that in our own nation nationally. I mean, there's great, great division when you're talking about nationally. We have political parties that divide us. We have we have issues, we have isms that divide us. We have the pro-life versus pro-choice. We have racism and sexism and all those other things that are dividing us. And now in recent years, we've had this. COVID issue that's creating great, great, great division and great, great, great conflict, among people and so there you you look around and you just wonder is there any peace on earth Uh, when you're talking about individually sometimes as individuals we struggle with peace the peace that passes all understanding there's this invisible battle this invisible uh, 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 struggles that we all face from time to time even as believers we have our old nature and we have the spirit of the living God within us and we have this battle that's raging sometimes invisibly. And I wonder, is there peace on earth. It happens in homes. When you're looking at homes, so many homes are devastated with with craziness in the home. Where is the peace? And the question is, is it possible to have peace in a broken world? Is it possible to have peace in a broken world? John 14, verse number 27, the Bible says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. And so when you're talking about peace, again, understand this, that we cannot manufacture our own peace. Mankind trying to manufacture peace is like trying to create an omelet with a box of bad eggs. You just can't do it. It won't work. And so when you're talking about peace on earth it happens because of the Lord Jesus Christ he is our prince of peace it happens in the presence of God almighty different testimonies along the way i'm always excited to hear different testimonies some of you are very familiar with horatio stafford a fellow by the name of horatio stafford was a chicago businessman and uh, and 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 he had gone through some great great devastation in his lifetime in fact The most devastating of news came when his family got on a ship... ...and started heading across the Atlantic to go over into Europe. And in the midst of it, they encountered a storm... ...and his wife and three daughters were caught up in the storm. And and, and the news came back to Horatio... ...who would be soon traveling to catch up to his family. News came back saying this. Hey, the ship has sunk and your three daughters are dead. Horatio Stafford boarded the next ship that he could to go to Europe... And when the ship came across the area, the captain of the ship came and said, this is the area where the ship went down with your daughters. And the way the story goes is Horatio sat down and he began to write before God. And he wrote these words. He said, when peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. The peace of God is available to you and to me, even though we live life in a broken world. This is what this text is all about, the peace of God that passes all understanding. Isaiah chapter number nine, beginning in verse number one, the Bible says, but there will be no more gloom for her who was in anguish. In earlier times, he treated the land of Zebulun and In the land of Naphtali, with contempt. But later on, he shall make it glorious by the way of the sea. On the other side of the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people who walk in darkness will see a great light. Those who live in a dark land, the light will shine on them. You shall multiply the nation. You shall increase their gladness. They will be glad in your presence as with the gladness of harvest, as men rejoice when they divide the spoil. For you shall break the yoke of their burden and the staff on their shoulders, the rod of the oppressor as at the battle of Midian. For every boot of the booted warrior in the battle tumult and cloak rolled in blood will be for burning, fuel for the fire. For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. And there will be no... Into the increase of his government or of peace on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness from then on and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. And just talking again uh, uh, to the nation of Israel, if you're wanting to catch up on the background, you can read back chapter 7, 8, and 9 and find out Isaiah has been prophesying to a divided kingdom. You have Israel to the north and Judah to the south and what's happening in the nation of Israel during that day is the Assyrian empire was growing and they were like the big brother on the block who was just simply a bully and so so what was happening with some of the nations is they were forming different alliances with different groups of people and those to the north came to Judah and said, hey, won't you come into an alliance with us? Won't you come into an alliance with us so that we can guard ourselves against the Assyrians little did they know on the north that Judah had already secretly secretly entered into a an agreement entered into an alliance with the Assyrians entered into alliance with the enemies that was a dark dark day spiritual compromise was happening during that day in the nation of Israel in fact, if you look at that, I was, I was thinking when I was reading this text and I was thinking about our spiritual world this day, I was thinking about where we are today and I was thinking about uh, uh, where the church is today and, 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 and where the church is today in that, in that, hey, we are the bride of Christ. We are the bride of Christ. In recent, recent years, obviously, we all know that we're still in the midst of this COVID thing and so many churches have gone to the government and said, hey, we, we need... PPP, we need protection program. We need need protection from you guys as government. Many churches, I'm talking tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars, running to the government to say, We need your provision during this time. I would hate to think that my wife, that my wife was in the midst of difficulties and said, Hey, I called on this Billy Bob over here to protect me because I'm not sure if you can. And we wonder what's wrong with our world. What's wrong with the church? It's not a part of my message, but I had to get it out there. (laughs) They were compromising spiritually. In fact, the king attempted to snuff out. Hey, by the way, do you know who ultimately took care of Judah? The Assyrians, the ones that they went into partnership with Chapter nine The Place of Peace. Where where, where does peace where does, peace, where does peace exist? He, he talks about the place of peace in verses number 1 and verse number 2. The place of peace in verse number 1 and verse number 2. But there will be no more gloom for her who was in anguish in earlier times. He, he treated the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali with contempt. But later... He shall make it glorious. And he goes on from there. But Zebulun and Naphtali, what, what were they? What were they? They were landmarks. They were parts of the nation that experienced great devastation when the enemies came in and conquered them. And so in their minds, when they talk about the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, they would say, man, that is a dark place. That is a gloomy place. That is a place of destruction that's what that's the thoughts that would come to mind. In fact, just recently we 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 talked Pearl Harbor in our own nation, in our own nation. When we talk about Pearl Harbor, Pearl Harbor is a place where we experienced devastation and it was a dark place where there was a lot of death involved. And that's how we kind of think of Pearl Harbor or the Twin Towers. When we talk about the Twin Towers, the Twin Towers, when we say that word, we immediately go back to man. Devastation, destruction, and death. That's the land of Naphtali, and that's the land of Zebulun to these people. And what God is simply saying is that you don't wanna know where the place of peace will arise, you don't wanna know where the place of peace will happen. It happens. God does His most glorious work in the gloomiest of places. That's just the facts of the matter. In other words, you may be in a very dark place right now. You may be feeling like, man, I'd feel forgotten by God Almighty, but just rest assured, He has not forgotten about you. And no matter how dark is the day, He does great, great work in gloomy places. He just does. In fact, when you look through Scripture, you'll find some dark, dark people in dark, dark places. Zacchaeus was a man, a wee little man, right? The song says, Zacchaeus was a man that was experienced overwhelming loneliness, I mean, he had money, but that's all he had. And his money couldn't buy him peace. But Jesus did. Zacchaeus, the wee little man, or the woman at the well. The woman at the well was incredibly lonely, feeling as though she's unlovable, feeling as though she's just a piece of dirt. And then she met a man named Jesus. And he did an incredible work and a dark, dark heart on that day. Saul what about Saul Saul was one that was religious I'm talking about he was religious he knew a lot of answers but he didn't know Jesus and he was on the road one day on the way to torture on the way to kill Christians followers of Jesus Christ he was a terrorist in his day and God almighty did an amazing work in a dark, dark heart on the road to Damascus. And the same God, the same God that in time past has done amazing works in gloomiest of places is still on the throne today and still can do great, great works in dark, dark places. And maybe today you're in a dark place and I'm just telling you Jesus Christ, He is the Prince of Peace. It doesn't just happen because the storm passes by He can give you a song in the middle of the storm. He's a great God. He is a great God. You know that old song? I call it the salvation song. That song that goes like this. I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within, sinking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry, and from the waters he lifted me. Now safe am I. Peace is found In Jesus Christ. This morning the place of peace. Is in those darkest of places. Where he shines the brightest. Of lights. Not only is there. The place of peace. But he goes on in verse number three. And he talks about the promise of peace. I will. I will. You shall multiply the nation. You shall increase their gladness. They will be glad in your presence. Verse number three. As with gladness of harvest. As men rejoice when they divide the spoil. You shall break the yoke of the burden and the staff on their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor, as at the battle of Midian. For every boot of the wo- booted warrior in the battle tumult and cloak rolled in blood will be for burning fuel, for fuel in the fire. In other words, you won't need it anymore. There's going to be a day of. Peace, the promise of speak peace. And obviously, when you're talking about this passage of Scripture, the specific promise has not yet been fulfilled. He's talking about what we would refer to when you're reading through Scripture as the millennial kingdom. The millennial kingdom is a time upon which the Lord Jesus Christ shall return and set up his throne in the nation of Israel, and he will reign and he will rule there for a thousand years. And there will be peace like never before on this planet. There will be peace peace on earth during the millennial kingdom it's gonna be a phenomenal time it's not gonna be a a, a a a world where there's great division there's great divide in fact there's not gonna be even two political parties There's not gonna be but one party and it's the Jesus party and it's gonna be phenomenal in fact what's gonna happen is people will come together and there will be peace on earth not just among people but even in the animal planet there will be peace on earth during that time like never before I mean, it's going to be a phenomenal time. You ever watch the animal kingdom and you see the animal kingdom? It's all about the survival of the fittest. But I'm telling you, during the millennial kingdom, when Jesus Christ comes again, what's going to take place is those water buffaloes can go up to the Nile and the Nile crocodile just form a bridge and let them ski right across on their backs. I mean, that's what's going to happen. It's going to be phenomenal when you're talking about the lion and the lamb. The lion and the lamb are going to be laying down together and sleeping together. Man, you can send your kids out there. We were with kids last night. You can send your kids out there. They'll play jump rope with rattlesnakes. I mean, it's just going to be a day where there's peace on earth like never before. The animal kingdom is going to be at peace. People will be at peace with one another. It's when the return of Jesus Christ, what does that look like? The end times, Eschatologically speaking, what does that look like? Well, we're going to have a rapture that's going to happen. And this is just, again, what I believe to be biblical. And if you believe otherwise, then get biblical. So what's going to happen is there's going to be a rapture to take place. And that rapture is going to happen and Jesus Christ is going to call his church up out of this world. And the coming days right immediately following that are going to be the days of great tribulation upon this earth where people that have rejected Jesus Christ are going to get their first taste and glimpse of what it means to be without Christ. Christ. Christ in this world. Terrible days. Seven years of tribulation. And then Jesus Christ is going to come back, man. He's going to come back and all those that are with him and he's going to be riding on his white horse and we're all going to be on these horses and so i got to learn how to ride a horse. But we're going to be all on these horses and we're going to come back to this planet and he's going to establish the millennial kingdom for a thousand years. It's going to be phenomenal. Peace on earth. The question would be, Do I have to wait till then? (laughs) And I'm thankful that today I can tell you, hey, listen, it's a kingdom. When you're talking about the kingdom, it's about the kingdom. And today, his kingdom on earth is in the hearts of people. There is a kingdom within the hearts of people. And it is within that kingdom that peace, his peace is available. And his peace is the only peace that there is. His peace is available to you and to me, no matter what I'm facing. Because the fact of the matter is, we're living life in a broken world. And in a broken world, we're going to go through some difficult times. Man, the Bible says in James chapter number 1, it says in verse number 2, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of various kinds, knowing that, that, that the testing of your faith will something like that. Develop perseverance. In other words, I'm going to use trials along the way. I'm still in control, but you're going to go through some difficult days along the way. And in the midst of those difficult days, we still can experience peace. And I don't know what your difficulty is today. And you may be here whether you're in this place this morning or whether you're online today. And you may say, you don't really know what you're talking about. I'm telling you, man, I've been through some difficult days. And I know that the peace of God that passes all understanding will, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. If you let him, if you invite him. There's been days, there's been days, man. My wife and I were married young and... and, and, we're still young. <laughs> you know what we prayed? Honest to goodness. Our anniversary, we just love our anniversary. Come out it's, it's always a good thing. It's 31 years this, this, this coming week, Wednesday. <laughs> Got you covered. <laughs> 31 years. I remember praying and fasting. Dear God, let me grow old with my wife. I remember a day in our marriage when she was in the midst of cancer. And I remember the doctor coming in the room when she was 22 years old. Saying, you only have three months to live. Three months to live. And I remember going home. And the words penned many years ago by Horatio Stafford. Just rung true in our hearts. And we just sang, when peace like a river attendeth my way. When sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. I mean, we go through difficult days. We go through, we, we were in the middle, we, we, we were on a mission trip. I've shared this for you. Why are you sharing this again? Because I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about the Prince of Peace. That's what I'm talking about today. I'm telling you, I, I hugged a friend Killed in a car crash on a mission trip. Four others were airlifted. My wife was airlifted. And her last words to me were, I want you to find another wife to help you, find, help you raise Will. Who was three at the time. And I can remember getting back on a bus with a bunch of teenagers. One was a middle schooler whose father had just been killed on the side of the road. Her mother broke her back in three places. Others had brothers and sisters who were airlifted from the scene. And I remember getting on the bus. And the peace of God that passes all understanding carried our group of teenagers to a place of peace in the midst of the storm. It's like being brought into the eye of the storm during difficult days. It's a lesson that's not one and done. It's a lesson that's got to be practiced over and over and over and over again. Because oftentimes we forget, oftentimes we forfeit our peace when we take our eyes off the savior of the storm. I can remember getting to the hospital after the accident and my son, who was three, was in the accident with a broken arm and had... Cuts all over his body, and I picked him up in the emergency room. He was wide awake, carrying him around. When our last patient was delivered into ICU that night, 3 o'clock in the morning, my son was still wide awake. And we went out to the car to go home, and uh, when we got to the car, he started to talk. First time he talked since the accident, he started to talk to me. And he said, Dad, that was a bad crash, wasn't it? I said, yeah, it was. He said, there was a lot of blood, wasn't there? I said, yeah, there was. He said, Daddy, God loves us, doesn't he? I said, Yeah, he does. And in that moment, he put his head on my shoulder and he went to sleep. And I'm just telling you, God was reminding me, I will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is stayed on me, Isaiah 26:3, because he trusts in me. The peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. You know, the Bible says in Philippians chapter 4, I don't know what you're going through today, but God does. And the Bible tells us in Philippians chapter 4, verses number 6 and 7, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And it says, And the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. God's peace is available to you and to me today and I'm thankful for that Oftentimes, we can forfeit that along the way sometimes it happens with improper perspective in other words we take our eyes off the Lord Jesus Christ sometimes it's because we've compromised spiritually in other words when you're talking about the peace of God we all want the peace of God but the question is is are you on the path of God because if I'm not following the path of God you can't expect the peace of God to guard your hearts And sometimes we will compromise along the way. So, where is God? Well, still on the path. Still on the path. Maybe this morning you're here and you've never been saved. In fact, this message is really a message to challenge those folks that are saved to understand man, there is the Prince of Peace. But this morning, this morning, if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, He he is the Prince of Peace. He is peace. Apart from Him, there is no peace. Apart from Jesus, there is no peace. The Bible says, in fact, it was read to us just a few minutes ago, Colossians chapter number 1, verses 19 and 20. Colossians chapter 1, verses 19 and 20. For it was the Father's good pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in him and through him to reconcile all things to himself, having made peace through the blood ...of his cross. Through him, I say, whether things on earth or things in heaven. The peace of God. You know, when you're talking about peace, peace with God is a prerequisite for the peace of God. Have you ever been born again? You ever called on his name to be saved? And this morning, I'm just telling you that God loves you and desires an intimate relationship with you. It's not religion Religion will not bring peace. In fact, the most miserable people on the planet are religious people that are trying to be what God calls them to be, apart from the enabling work of the Holy Spirit of the living God living within them to do what He calls you to do, to be who He calls you to be. That's miserable. There's no peace in that. You got to know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior to have peace. The peace with God is prerequisite for the peace of God. Hey, you may be here this morning and experiencing medical conditions. Sometimes people have medical conditions that rob the peace. I'm thankful for the great physician and life is difficult. Life is difficult. The person of peace. The Bible says for a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us. And the government will rest upon his shoulders and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. <clears throat> Just talking about who this one is. It says, a son will be born. When you're talking about there in verse number six, it's interesting when he's, in, he's introducing Jesus Christ to us. Here's a prophet some 700 years before Jesus Christ was born in the little town of Bethlehem saying, let me introduce you to the one that's going to be born coming soon. Coming soon to a little manger near you. And he says, there's gonna be a child that's gonna be born. In other words, he's saying, Hey, it's it's the humanity of Jesus Christ. So who is this one? Who is Jesus? Who's the one that we celebrate at Christmas time? Who is the one in whom I can have peace? Well, he's 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 one that's that's a person. He's coming in humanity. In other words, it's a son that's going to be born. Uh, but 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 it's not just like any other baby that's going to be born because ch- he's 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 a child that's going to be given to you. In other words, it's not just one born like everyone else gets born. It's the one that's been given. In other words, it's one that's. Deity and humanity all wrapped up in one. And so we talk about Emmanuel, God with us. God Almighty in the flesh. 100% God and yet 100% man. That's who this is, this Jesus, this baby that we celebrate during Christmas time. And, and Isaiah, Isaiah is just simply saying to you and to me, saying, hey, I want you to know Jesus. I want you to know Jesus It's not just titles he's throwing around here saying, well, here's his title, because sometimes you'll have titles and you don't know the person. And and so he's saying, but I want you to introduce you to a person. And so my question to you today is do you know Jesus like he's talking about? Do you know this Jesus? He says, this Jesus here is a wonderful counselor. He's a wonderful counselor. In other words, man, you can go to him for counsel. He has the answers. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understandings. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. That God Almighty, he is my wonderful counselor. You know why he's so wonderful? And you know why he's counselor so much better than anybody else you can ever go to? is because he's the great I am. He's the God of yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He's always in the present. He's already been down the road he's the one that created you he's the one that gifted you he's the one that said I've got a plan for you and all I have to do is just trust him as my wonderful counselor because his counsel is wonderful do you know him as the wonderful counselor do you know him as the wonderful counselor he says let me introduce you to Jesus he's the wonderful counselor he's almighty God He's Almighty God. And when you know Him as Almighty God, then you recognize man, there is no problem too big that my God can't take care of it. He's Almighty, He's omnipotent, He's the one that spoke everything into existence. Is there anything in my life too difficult? You remember that question way back in the book of Genesis? One of my favorite questions in the Bible. Sarah was an older lady. I don't even know, is that right? Can I say that? She's an older lady. She heard she was going to have a baby, and she laughed. The angel said, why are you laughing? Put her on the spot. She oh, I wasn't laughing. <laughs> and they asked the question, is there, is there anything too difficult? And if you are in the midst of a difficult season today, my question is this, is there anything too difficult for Almighty God? says, you know, you know this Jesus that you called on? He's your wonderful counselor. He's almighty God. In other words, he is your strength. He is my strong tower. He's my eternal father. says the eternal father. You know, John 8, 58 says, before Abraham was, I am Jesus. Jesus said, even before Abraham was, I am. In other words, he, he, he's my... When, when you're talking about eternal father, what do you mean your eternal father? The father is the originator of life. That's what they would ascribe to the father. The father is the originator of life. And so my question is, do you find your life in him? Do you find your life in him? I mean, he said in John chapter 10, verse number 10, the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come so that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Jesus says, I'm the father of life. I will be your eternal father. And I am the prince of peace. I am the prince of peace. The Bible says over in John, chapter 14, 27. This is probably the third time today. Peace I leave with you. My peace, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be troubled. Fearful, Not as the world gives. What do you mean, not as the world gives? In other words, it's impossible. The world's just simply saying, man, if we can just create an environment where there's no conflict, then there will be peace. But I'm telling you, man, you can be living life on an island in the Caribbean and still have no peace. It's not just in the absence of conflict, but it's in the presence of the prince of peace. He is in control of all things and as a result I can trust him I can trust him you know in baseball as an infielder the most difficult play in baseball is if you have a ball that's hit over your head towards the outfield and you have to turn your back to the infield to run it down and uh, and as you're running out there communication is so crucial because you're in a very vulnerable position as an infielder when you're running out there and you're looking back this way and you have an outfielder that's a lot bigger than you usually. And, uh, and he's running towards you. And so communication is really big. And so we practice communication so that we can trust one another. So that we can get after it when the time comes. And uh, when I got to Florida State, uh, we had a fellow named Terrell Buckley. Some of you know him. He's a football player. He wasn't a baseball player, but he's tried. But anyways, uh, <laughs> if you're listening to Terrell, we're good. But he was in the outfield. <clears throat> and... Uh, and we, were, we started communication drills. And so when you don't know who's out there, it's like, man, I'm trusting that you're going to call me off and not just run me over. And so I was running out. And uh, as I was running out, he came running in. And, and, and the sweetest sound is to hear your outfielder say, I got it. Because it means I don't have to try to make the most difficult play in baseball here. And so, and so I was running out. And I heard this. Daddy's got it. Daddy's got it. <laughs> and... Uh, and And Coach Martin, he threw his bat down. He walked out there. He said, you ain't nobody's daddy on this field. (laughs) (laughs) But I was thinking about that. And I was thinking about how, although I couldn't trust him all the time, I do have a daddy that I can trust. With no matter what I'm facing. Today, he wants you and me to know daddy's got it he's got you prince of peace has you do you know him as your personal savior number one because if you don't you're never going to know the peace of God if you've never called on his name call on his name today number two if you're a believer maybe you've taken your eyes off of him maybe you're just not trusting him today I would encourage you repent repent God, forgive me for not trusting. Forgive me. God, help me to experience your peace. Would you do me a favor and join me for a time of prayer this morning? Today, I'm inviting you, as you just pray before God right now, There's never been a time you've been born again to be saved. I'm inviting you today. Won't you call on his name? Man, life with Jesus Christ, the great adventure. Say, I don't even know what I'm going to do with my life. Well, he does. He's the wonderful counselor. He has the answer. I'm not sure if I'm able. He's almighty God. He's almighty God. My life's not abundant. He's our eternal father. And when you know him, he will be to you, your prince of peace. Hey, today, if you've not called on his name, we're going to sing a song in just a minute. And after we sing, I'll be down here, Ross will be down here, Jeff will be down here at the front. Today, if you're here and say, man, I'd like to talk to somebody about being saved, I'm inviting you today. Won't you come today? Won't you come this morning? Maybe you're here today and and you are in the midst of a storm. And, man, you've taken your eyes off the Lord. Oh, man, look up. Father, thank you for the day. I'm so thankful for your goodness to us. I'm thankful that you are my peace. I love you. In Jesus' name. Amen.